0: Grace to you in peace from God our Father and from our risen and living Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. The word of God which we receive with joyful hearts this morning is from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 2, verses 1 to 12. Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. And when they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceedingly great joy. And when they had come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary his mother and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented gifts to him, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Then being divinely warned in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed for their own country another way. So far the word of the Lord. Sanctify us by your truth, O Lord. Your word is truth. Amen. What do we know about the Magi? Well, we know they weren't kings, despite what the song says. At least not kings in the sense of the English word. They were not rulers over other people. They worked for kings and rulers, but they themselves were not, right? Even the term wise man might not be the best phrase. That's the way the New King James translates it. But the actual word in the Greek is magi, which implies people who study the stars. Astrologers, people who look to the stars for signs, importance, and also dreams. Not only is that the word which is used, but we see that that's what they're doing. They're, they're watching the stars for signs, and they, the Lord gives them a sign, right, that leads them to the Christ. There may have been three of them. There may have been many more. They probably did come on camels. Uh, The Bible, Matthew, doesn't tell us that specifically, but we do read that in Isaiah chapter 60, which seems to be a prophecy about the coming of the Magi. And in any case, it's a pretty good bet that they would have used camels to come, right? They brought gifts, of course. The point is that we probably know more about what they weren't and about some of the myths that are incorrect than we do know about who they actually were. Matthew simply doesn't tell us that much about the Magi because he's not that concerned about teaching us about the Magi, is he? Matthew's goal is not that we should know more about the Magi, but that through the coming of the Magi, we should know more about Jesus. The Magi are there to give witness, to give give witness to the rising of his star, to tell Jerusalem the king is here. The Magi are there as a fulfillment of Old Testament prophecy, proclaiming that Jesus is the Messiah who was prophesied. The Magi are there giving honor and gifts to Jesus, teaching us that he is our King. Epiphany. We just recently went through the festivals of the church here in confirmation class by recently probably actually was a couple months ago, so I guess it depends on your definition of recent. But anyway, the epiphany is the one that's always hardest for the kids to remember its meaning, right? Epiphany means reveal, appear, manifest. Epiphany is the revealing of Jesus as our God and King. It's not the revealing of the Magi. The Magi are there only to remind us, only to teach us that Jesus is our King, and that's what they do. They come and announce to all of Jerusalem, we have seen his star, the star of the king, our king, has come. In the New King James translation that we we just read from, the Magi make the announcement in Jerusalem, uh, In the translation is that we have seen his star in the east. Now the word for east in Greek is Anatole and it, it can mean a direction of the compass east it can also mean rising or dawn it's used this way especially when it's used of heavenly bodies like the sun and the stars it's so it's very possible even very probable that what the magi actually said was not we have seen his star in the east but we have seen his star rising in fact that's how the esv translates it We have seen the rising of the star, the dawning of the star of the king. This gives us yet another connection to our Old Testament reading from Isaiah chapter 60. you got your Bibles, you can open up there, take a look at some of the prophecies that come from Isaiah chapter 60. Arise, shine, for your light has come and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. The glory of the Lord that Isaiah is prophesying is about is fulfilled in Christ himself. As John reminds us, we have seen his glory. He was talking about the glory that we see in Jesus as he showed the love of God the Father in his life. But the star is certainly a reflection, a hint of that same glory that was in Christ and it has risen upon the people. Verse 3 in Isaiah 60, the Gentiles shall come to your light here we have the Gentiles, the Magi, coming from the east to see the light of the king, the star, but also to see Christ himself. Verse 6, the multitude of camels, the dromedaries of Midian and Ephah. As we mentioned already, Matthew doesn't say that they came on camels, but it's a pretty safe bet that they did. And Isaiah 60 certainly seems to be prophesying the coming of, of the Magi because he continues in the same verse. They shall bring gold and incense, and they shall proclaim the praises of the Lord. Certainly that is exactly uh, what the Magi did. They proclaimed that his star is risen. They brought him gifts. They witnessed to the people of Jerusalem that their king had come. The rising of the star means that the dawn has come, right? Right? During the night we sleep, we take our rest, but at the rising of the sun, at the rising of the star, it's time to wake up, get to work. Jerusalem, Jerusalem certainly was asleep. The Magi come in and witness to them that the star had risen, that it was time for them to awake and serve the king, but they don't do it. They don't go with the Magi to find Christ and to seek him out. They continue in their their slumber. The coming of Christmas to us as well is an announcement, a proclamation that it's time to wake up. It's not a holiday that was celebrated and is over and now we can go back to sleep. It's an alarm clock reminding us that the king has come. The star is risen. The glory of the Lord shines upon us. Some of you were talking about before service today, where's the sun? Haven't seen it in a few days. That's certainly true outside. But our text reminds us that the, the star of the king is risen. It's time to put off the dullness and the apathy of of last year's faith and to arise with joy in our hearts to the work the Lord has set before us. Our King has come. Let us go out and find Him and serve Him with joyful and full hearts. My dad used to wake us up every morning with the most annoying rendition of Rise and Shine and Give God the Glory. I won't sing it for you here. But certainly that the message of that song is the message of Isaiah 60 and of Matthew 2. The morning star, the day spring from on high, the star of Jacob, the star of David, the star of our king has risen. It is time to serve him with whole hearts. Matthew reminds us that the ruler, our king, our shepherd has come, right? He quotes from Micah chapter 5 you can open your Bibles up to Micah chapter 5 as well one of these days some of you are going to bring your Bibles and actually look up some of these passages that's my goal here Micah chapter (laughs) 5 reminds us but you Bethlehem Ephrata though you are little among the thousands of Judah yet out of you shall come forth to me the one to be ruler in Israel whose going forth are from of old from everlasting. Verse 4, he shall stand and feed his flock in the strength of the Lord, in the majesty of the name of the Lord his God, and they shall abide. They shall live with him. You may have noticed that the passages from Micah chapter 5 are not quite the same as they are portrayed in Matthew. Again, in the New King James translation, Uh, The translators chose to put quotation marks around this quote, uh, thus implying that it was a direct quote from the prophet Micah. It's not a direct quote, and it wasn't meant to be a direct quote. Matthew is not so much interested in directly quoting the prophet as he is in explaining it to us. He's not so interested in sharing the exact words. We could look up the exact words in Micah as he is in helping us to understand how this prophecy is fulfilled in Christ. So he doesn't directly quote it, but rather he quotes it uh, in such a way to teach us its meaning. And the the meaning of, of the prophet is quite clear that the people of God will be oppressed and they will be scattered like sheep without a shepherd, but that God would call forth from this little town of Bethlehem one who would be the ruler of his people, who would shepherd them, who would feed them, who would gather them back together. Remember our Advent series, Yehovah Nisi. The Lord is our banner, our shepherd, to gather his people, to feed them in the strength of the Lord. And of course, Jesus came in Matthew 9, 36, Jesus himself says of the people that they were scattered like sheep having no shepherd. And in John chapter 6.58, he reminds us that he himself will feed us with the bread that came down from heaven, and he who eats that bread will live forever. He is the shepherd who stands to feed his flock. We too can easily, and often are easily, become lost and scattered sheep when we do not, take the time to daily and weekly gather around Christ and receive his word and his sacraments and be fed by him with that bread that comes down from heaven. Those who will not and do not regularly gather around his word and around his sacraments quickly become lost sheep, wandering without a shepherd. But it's not hard to find Jesus. Jesus. It wasn't hard for the Magi to find Jesus. There was a bright star leading the way, and it's not hard for us to find Jesus. He is here. In every place where his name is proclaimed, in every place where his word is taught in truth and purity, and his sacraments are administered according to his word, there he stands as our shepherd to gather us and to feed us. As we we heard in the, the children's sermon His power is present in his word and his sacraments to cause that word to rise up in our hearts. So Jesus is our king, our shepherd, to feed us and to guide us. The Magi also announced that he is the king of the Jews, but not of the Jews only, but of all who seek him by faith, right? They call him the king of the Jews, but they, by their words and actions, make it clear that he is not the king only of the Israelites. They also honor him, bow down to him, and offer him gifts as to their their king. Paul reminds us in Romans 9, verse 7, Nor are they all children because they are the seed of Abraham, but rather in Isaac your seed shall be called. That is, those who are the children of the flesh, these are not the children of God, but the children of the promise are counted as the seed. And so God reveals to us in his word what he means when he calls Jesus the king of the Jews. Never mind what Pilate thought he meant when he put it above Jesus on the cross and never mind what the rulers thought that it meant when they quoted to the magi what God meant when he named and gave Jesus the title king of the Jews is that he is king of those who are children of Abraham through faith not those who are Jews by birth but those who are Jews by faith but by the power of God In Daniel chapter 7 verse 14, Then to him was given dominion and glory and a kingdom, that all peoples, nations, and languages should serve him. For his dominion is an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away, and his kingdom the one which shall not be destroyed. The Magi not only announced that Jesus is our king by faith, but that he is the everlasting king. Notice, that, notice what they call him, one born who is king of the Jews. Not who will be, but that the king of the Jews, the one who already is the king of the Jews, is born. And uh, back in our reading from Micah, it emphasizes this, that his goings forth have been from of old, even to everlasting. Jesus is our king if we receive him by faith. But that faith comes not by our choice and not by our power, but by the power which lives and breathes through the word of God. Jesus is our king when his power enters our hearts through his word and sacraments and causes that word to rise up within us so that he lives within us and in our lives. As we heard in the children's sermon, it becomes something more than simple words or simple dough something good and healthy and living within us. We don't know much about the Magi, but we do know much about Jesus, that he is our king and that he lives within us. Let us rise and sing that prayer, which we sing every Sunday, that prayer uh, requesting that Jesus lives in our hearts through his power and causes that word we just heard to grow within us. Amen. The peace of God that surpasses all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus.